I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Out in the cold, out in the dark, something's lurking at the edge of the park. People be warned, people beware, there's a storm on the rise and it's covered in hair. Hear him cry, hear him howl, looking for someone to disembowel. Claws like a hook, eyes like coal, feet so big they're gonna crush your soul. They call him Sasquatch. Hello, this is Yowie Central. Welcome to the show. I'm Sarah and I am absolutely delighted to be with you after three weeks off. I spent the first two weeks ignoring emails and doing pretty much sweet FA, lounging around, reading books about werewolves and demon slayers and vampires and ghosts with lots of action and raunchy bits. I've been getting out with my bare feet on the ground and in the sun and the fresh air, connecting with Mother Earth and meditating and healing and recharging. I might have had a few sneaky glasses of champagne, but I can't confirm or deny that. Uh, But generally, I was just having a really fab, relaxing time. I'm coming to you from our... Our little caravan up at our farm at the moment. We don't have a house on the farm yet, uh, we, we, so we stay in a caravan. And it is gale force winds outside and raining. So if you hear background noise today during my, my intro, that is because we've got a storm going on outside. To put the cherry on the top of my holiday cake, I got to spend the weekend up in Queensland with my Australian Yowie research team. We went out on a field expedition to Kilkeven, which is just west of Gympie. And it's a really, really special place because it was exactly the place where Dean Harrison, head honcho of Australian Yowie research, where he was charged and shoved and sent flying by a Yowie back in January of 2009. 
Dean's working on a video about Kilkeven and about that terrifying encounter and he wanted to go back and film a few bits and pieces at the location. So I headed up from Victoria to join in because Dean's experience there is one of the most extraordinary Yowie encounters, sightings ever. Uh, he's the one of the few people I've heard of who has actually touched a Yowie and survived to tell the tale. And I got to hear that incredible story in his own words in situ, in that exact place on that rocky cascade where it actually happened, which was so thrilling. It made it so much easier to visualise what happened and how it must have felt at the time and how frightening it must have been, how absolutely terrifying. I mean, he had PTSD for a long time afterwards as a result of that terrifying experience. So it was so thrilling for me to be part of this Kilkeven expedition. First, we set up a base camp and, and we had to wander around the area to familiarise ourselves with it before nightfall. We collected some firewood and got some onions and sausages cooking to waft a delicious aroma around the bush. Frying onions is one of the most tantalising aromas ever. If anything's going to lure a yowie in, it's going to be frying onions. <laughs> Uh, we also got some tunes playing on a portable speaker, kind of a mix of shamanic drumming, a bit of rock, a bit of classical. And then after dark, we, we took it in turns sitting at base camp and then the others wandering around the area in the dark and scanning with our thermal cameras and hoping, fingers crossed, for a huge heat signature to pop up. When we move around the forest, we don't use white light. White light's only used at base camp. So we've all got head torches with kind of dim red light. So it's it's quite a, an evocative experience when you're in the dark and you've just got dim light and all the noises in the forest seem much louder and your imagination runs wild. There, there was a moment when we were just sitting in silence, just listening. I was sitting on a big boulder and... Dean and Buck were on kind of boulders next to me but a couple of metres away facing a, a little creek and my, my back was to the bush and I, I there was a moment where I felt slightly uneasy like a prickle up my spine and, and I, the thought crossed my mind that something could quite easily reach out from the bush which was just behind me and grab me. So, so I, I kind of edged closer and closer to, to Dean and Buck after that, just casually. You know, I was pretending that I wasn't scared, but I was a little bit. <laughs> and that also made me think of something that my guests on today's show told me recently, that there are many other entities and beings and spirits out in the bush, not just Yowies, that can make you feel uneasy. So I scooted over closer to the boys while I was looking over my shoulder. And then we had a song off trying to outdo each other with classic 80s rock and musical numbers, which totally distracted me and, and the uneasy feeling was gone. And we stayed overnight, but uh, we, didn't get, we didn't get any discernible yaoi activity that night apart from the odd uh, branch snapping, but nothing that was screaming out. Yowie. Um, we reckon it was potentially because we bumped into two guys who were out pig hunting uh, with dogs. And you can't really blame our hairy friends for not sticking around if there's guys out hunting with dogs. 
So it was a shame that we didn't get any Yowie activity, but uh, but I had such a fun time though. It was such a thrill for me to hang out with my team and doing what we love most, which was talking about anything and everything Yowie related and and generally making each other laugh and hanging shit on each other. And yeah, it was just a really, really fun, really great time. And I'll be heading back up to Queensland in a month or so for another field trip. And I can't wait to get back out there with my team and I will keep you all posted. Hopefully, fingers crossed, we get some Yowie activity next time. Oh, and just before we get into it today, I have uh, an, an exciting bit of news. Uh, I'm heading to Cairns with Dean Harrison this Friday, 7th of October for Cade Moyer's live call-in show. So if you have any burning questions that you want to ask Dean or me, you can call in on the night and you, or you can ask questions in the, in the comments section. So tune in on Friday, 7th of October, in the evening. Uh, what, what time it is will depend on where you are, whether it's daylight savings or not, or which part of the country you're in. So check out Cade's Believe podcast website for those details. So basically, I'm back and I'm re-energised and I can't wait to share this week's conversation with you. I did a lecture on Yowies a few months ago for an organisation called Our Alien Ancestry. And I had the absolute pleasure of meeting fellow guest speaker, Uncle Donnie Firmer, who is a proud Anawan and Gamilaroi man and original Australian elder. And he's kindly agreed to share some of his knowledge and experiences with Yowies and other dreaming spirits with us. And I also have on Auntie Luna, a proud Wiradjuri Camilleroy woman who has also very kindly agreed to share some of her knowledge with the Yowie Central listeners too. Oh, and the internet connection was a little bit dodgy the other day when I was talking to them and recording this. So there are a, a few bits where the connection is patchy and the audio cuts for a second, but uh, what can you do? Technology at its finest. I think we were in another Mercury retrograde where technological glitches happen, but there's not much I can do about that. It's still uh, an absolutely enthralling chat. So let's get into it. Here's Uncle Donnie and Auntie Luna. <sighs> I actually changed the the acknowledgement for radio for when me and Donnie actually first went online and I realised that um, we're talking to people all over the world and we're talking to people from other cultures and they have their own elders and ancestors. So this is how I did it. To begin with love and respect we would like to acknowledge all the elders and ancestors of all the lands these voices are being heard in. So there you go. Yeah, and I catered that for listening. Thank you. Do you. Would you like to start by introducing yourselves to the Yowie Central listeners so they know who you are? Yeah, do you want to go first, Donnie? Or? Yeah, I'm Donnie Farmer. I'm proud of anyone, man, of New England, New England Rangers, New, Northern New South Wales. That's about it, I suppose. And, Young, my, name, and my name's Anne-Marie, and people call me Luna. I have many names that I go by, depending on who you are. 
but I'm a um, Wiradjuri Gamilaroi Gawana snake water lily woman. I live in um, near the Blue Mountains in Darug country, in the Darug people's country. I was actually born on Darug lands, even though I'm a Wiradjuri Gamilaroi woman. Well, it's it's such an honour to have you both on the show. I, I'm I'm really excited to talk to you again and to share. Uh, what you want to share with with the Yao Essential listeners, because I know they'll be really keen to 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 listen to anything that you can can share about the original Australian culture and lore and knowledge around Yowies and that that uh, that dreaming invisible world that that is all around us and that we're part of, but we often don't realise what's actually going on. So. Would you? Where would you like to start today? Do you do you want to start, um, Donnie? Do you want to start with your first Yowie encounter in in uh, was it Stanthorpe? Yeah, I was in Stanthorpe. I right? actually a little place called Seven Lee, just out of Stanthorpe, near the railway lines there. I think it was even uh, eleven, twelve, maybe thirteen at the time. We was walking along the old. Rower lines, late in the afternoon, going back home. And next minute, this animal had this uh, scream. Screamed at it. When I looked around, I seen this big, huge silhouette of a man with no neck. And then he, and he frightened us and he put his hands up in the air like this. And me and my brothers, we all bolted, you know, took off. Right out, out of there. And I don't know why, because we had rifles in our hands, but it made us panic that much, we ran away. I still remember this day, and my brother still talks about it too. He said, you remember that airy man up there? He said, yeah, I remember that airy man up there. He said, you don't want to talk about it too much. And that's the first time up in there, in stands up, and apparently not far from there, it was another encounter back, I think it was back in the 1930s, not far from where I was. And then a lady, 10 years later after me, had an encounter just down the road from that little, ta- uh, little town. Um, and she said basically the same thing that I seen. She said, this is just a silhouette. It was just late in the afternoon. And she said, this thing screamed at her and put its arms up in the air. And frightened Dala at her and a mate. And that's what she told me. Uh, I still remember that very well. Well, you had to be close to eight foot tall. You were a big fella. I wasn't going to wait around and see a measure him either. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, no way. What did, your, what did your parents say, Uncle Donnie, when you, when you got home after seeing your, your Yowie when you were a young man? Uh, I told mum, but mum just sort of laughed at us. It's like she knew or knew something about it, but she just laughed at us and told us, go and, go and have a bath, get ready for having a tea. But she was laughing about it. I remember that. <laughs> yeah, I think she knew about a fair bit out there, old hairy man, because she lived up bush all her life with me dad before my dad died. And did and, she uh, did she share... Much with you about her knowledge? 
Oh, no, she always said to me, like, when I was kids, you know, we would be up bush and, you know, around the campfire. She said, don't go too far away from that campfire. She said, oh, red eye will get you. And she used to always say that. Don't go near too far away from that. Do you, do you think she was do you think she was um, kind of joking around just to make sure you didn't stray too far or do you think she actually thought you might be in danger if you did stray by yourself and that that old red eye or the hairy man would actually get you yeah well, I'm not 100 sure but she well, she had a serious look on the face when she used to say that and see the other thing too that her dad used to say to us if you can't see the campsite, you're too far away. And that was through the day. He said, don't wander too far away from that campsite. And we need, didn't. If we couldn't see the campsite, we were too far away. I remember Dad saying that to us all the time. But and- uh, back then, you ask questions to them old fellas, they always say to you, what do you want to know that for? You had to wait for him to tell you the story. <laughs> but you asked the question. So you, that's that's how they used to go. The old fellows used to go. So, you, so you'd ask questions, but you would never get a direct answer straight away. No, no you wouldn't get a direct answer. You had to wait for them to uh, answer the question before the question was asked. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> and that, I guess, that makes you kind of really maybe make you think about what that answer might be before you yeah. get the answer. But how annoying, because yeah. <laughs> you'd be wanting to know, well, tell me, tell me now. <laughs> uh, based on my experience when I was a kid, I reckon they used to do that so you knew what was going on and they just give you like, uh, the other thing they used to do, the old fellas used to do to us is give us riddles. And they didn't get, come straight out with it, but they used to give you riddles. If you understand what I'm talking about, yeah, and you had to interpret them riddles. And would they then? Would they ask you later? So, have you worked out the riddle? Yeah, it's just sort of. Did you work that out? <laughs> no, uncle, no, dad. I didn't work that out. You know, oh, yeah, I'm not learning then. <laughs> Got to keep thinking, keep pondering on. Yeah. And and the the yowie that you saw when you were eleven or twelve, so. It was a big, you know, about about how tall do you reckon it was? Yeah, it had to be eight foot tall because he was bigger than us. I made a little short ass follow me. He was big, I'm telling you. He frightened that out of me. He, um, I can still picture that silhouette. He definitely had no neck. And he had his shoulders on him. He was better than a bloody uh, front row forward. You know, it had to be a good three feet wide. He got shoulders on him. And you... his arms were really long, you know. When you put him up in the air, you could see it. His arms were really long, like he was longer than his feet. I remember that quite well. And it was only about a split second from us turning around and running. I got a good look at it. But that scream just sort of went right through you. It's like, you know, you get a big blast of wind. It sort of shocks you, a big cold blast of wind, and it sort of shocks you. Mm-hmm. That's how it felt like. Was it a really deep scream or a high-pitched scream or something in between? 
would you put it? It was sort of like a scream and a bark at the same time sort of thing, for want of a better word. But when it, that scream, bark, sort of hit, it sort of hit you. It sort of like felt like something was going to punch you, you know. Quite a few people I've spoken yeah. to, quite a few of the witnesses I've spoken to describe something very similar, that bit getting screamed yeah. at or roared at, but it's like it, it goes through your whole body. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's like a big gust of cold wind, you know, when it hits you. Yeah. And that he sort of goes right through you. It was like that. I remember that quite well, I'm telling you. <laughs> you know, I reckon our feet never touched the ground. They were <laughs> running back towards home there. <laughs> I'm not surprised. What do you think What do you yeah. think that that particular Yowie was doing when you came across it? Well... The only thing I can think of years later, he could smell our rifles. They might have bloody grinding bit, and he sort of had a go at us about it. Uh-huh. Yeah. Because I heard an old uncle there tell me, he said, they don't like rifles. Yeah. And I remember my old uncle telling me, he said, don't shoot them with a twenty-two. He said, it only upsets them. Uh, and I'm thinking to myself, well, I'm lucky I didn't shoot at him because he would have upset him really bad, didn't he? <laughs> yes. <laughs> and I've actually interviewed someone who sh- who shot a Yowie, sadly shot a Yowie, in the shoulder with a twenty two, and it made no difference. He saw the impact, saw it like a, a puff, like a tuft of hair fly yeah. out. So yeah. it definitely hit the poor Yowie in the shoulder but did not slow, did not slow him down at all. Well, that, I can tell you a story there too because used to have a young lady used to come here when she was younger. I used to look after her and her brothers and when their parents had to go away. And she was telling me her dad there one time was down in the pillager and it, uh, she said to me, she was telling me, she said her dad was down there with a couple of mates there with pig chasing. And these dogs went into the scrub after something into the scrub. And the next minute, he said the dogs were tossed back at him. And then they saw this uh, big airy man, and they started shooting at him. And he just walked away, you know, basically walked away under a hail of gunfire. And uh, his dad never went back down into the pillager after that. Right. Well, I did, so the dogs were. I'm assuming the dogs were dead. If the Thrown. I have no idea. She never told me what happened to the dogs. They were pig dogs. Yep. Yeah, she never told me. But they, mm. she said the dogs were throwing back at them. Right. <laughs> That's scary. Poor dogs. But I can, I can't, I don't blame the Yowies for, for yeah. getting angry with them and wanting to get them yeah. out of their area. Yeah, poor old dogs. Yeah. But they are only doing what they were told to do. You know. Yeah. The pig dogs. And that's what they trained for, and they, unfortunately, it wasn't a pig they came across. No, no, something much bigger and stronger. Yeah, yeah, lots stronger. Arnie Luna, what what do you remember from when you were a child about uh, what what you were told about Yowies? Were, were you told any stories or warnings about them? Yeah, well, for me, it's a little different. I'm like a wild child. I just run off into the bush on my own. 
um, and just being in tune, I'd never had any fear that anything was going to hurt me. Um, and when I was younger, I was told by an old auntie um, when she was young, she was a Bundjalung woman. Um, she passed away now. Um, her and her brothers and sisters and her mum and dad were in a cart, horse and cart, and they were going up a dirt road. And her mum said to all the kids, hide your eyes. She turned around because they were sitting in the front. She turned around and said, hide your eyes. The Gorligar is there. There's Gorligars in the tree line. So all the brothers and sisters hid her eyes except for this auntie. She wanted to see it. And her mum said, don't, don't let them see you. They'll follow you home. So it, while everyone's got their eyes covered and they're going past, she said she looked and she saw uh, red-eye hairy men, little ones. Nothing happened to her, thank goodness. But, um, yeah, she was told not to look and she did because curiosity, you know. And I'm glad she did because she got to tell me the story, what she saw. Um, another one was my cousin said when she was a little girl, uh, we, she lived in the bush. There was a tree, again, the tree line and a particular tree. And her dad said to her, because she was a tree climber, um, and her dad said to her, don't climb that tree, the Gulligar lives in that tree. And he also used that to keep her in line and say, don't go where you shouldn't be because the Gulligar is watching you and he'll tell He did first, don't climb that tree. That's, you, that's their tree. Don't go near it. And other than that, I uh, learned stuff more as I grew up and got older and met different um, people from different mobs and learned that um, depending on where you are, there are different kinds of hairy men. And and the actual hairy men, because like Gulliga and hairy men and Yowie, they're all different kinds. Like we have different kinds of people. They have different kinds also. The ones down south, when I went down south, they, um, a sister there taught me, she's a bush lady, uh, you don't cook at night because that's when the hairy men will smell it and come in and get you. Women don't go out in the bush when they've got their moon cycle because they'll smell the blood and they will um, also steal the women for promotion. Just different laws, and, and I can say to people, and hello to your listeners, by the way, and I can say to you all that if something like this didn't exist, we wouldn't have these laws. Yeah, yes, exactly. The women, especially for the women, you know, we wouldn't have these laws for our safety if there was no such thing as hairy man, yeah, guard. There's a half a dozen names because, like I said, they're all different. Yeah. And, and there's also a spiritual version. Maybe I'll let Donnie tell you about that. Then after that, as I grew up and got my own family and started travelling, I actually had different experiences. I think the closest one, oh, no, I can't say, they're all, all pretty amazing. Um, we lived at near Mount Yango on the property. Mount Yango was, you would get up in the morning and be right in our face. That's where we were, we were at the bottom of it. It was beautiful, uh, untouched for many years. All the animals there would just walk up to you, and I, I was in heaven. Um, and I knew hairy men were around. I never actually physically saw them, but I felt them, and I never felt in danger. And they'd let us know they were there, and you'd hear the trees at night. You'd hear them, and they they would mimic other things also and talk to us that way. And I knew they were there, and we respected their space until one day 
um, people that we knew, we weren't there for a couple of, oh, nearly a week, and they were there, these people that we knew. And I didn't know till I got back there a week later that they'd actually done some magic, witchcraft magic on the property. And when we turned up, the shed that we were living in was totally a mess. Everything had been destroyed. And um, they tried to tell me a goanna had got in there and I looked at it and I thought, well, goanna make a mess, yeah, but not like that. Not the way it was. It was like a human gone in there and just, you know, when they, um, you know, when the police trash your house because they're looking for like the things like yeah. in the movies yeah. and they was like that like <laughs> come on Goanna wouldn't do that Goanna would run over things and knock it over but not trash it like that so I knew something was wrong I thought I oh, know something really bad to you and that night all you could hear was snap snap bang bang snap snap bang bang it went on all night long and I said to my husband we have to sell this property now we can't be he goes why I said hair men are very angry Whatever they've done here, they, the people, um, they were really, really angry. And um, not at me, and not at us, me and my husband in our room. Been defiled by whatever they'd done. So we packed it up and left it back to them. And it was the kind of place no one really wanted to buy it anyway because it was very, very natural and rugged and rough. Um, so we just left it back. So that was one one time. Other time, uh, we were before we had found that property, we were actually looking for properties, and we entered this property. I can't even remember where it is. It's in Lean somewhere. It was a long time ago. And um, the driveway was just a straight driveway with poplar trees all the way down the sides, and there were cows and horses on each side. And as you drive down the driveway, you turn around to the right and it just opens up into you untouched land. It was just beautiful. It was deceiving by the driveway. You thought it'd be all manicured and everything, but it wasn't. It was just rough, untouched land. And there was this horse drinking from a stream and we drove past and um, we were slow checking out the land. We're, we're not on the road by now. We're just driving around. And uh, a nature called. My husband said, I've got a you know, nature cause. I said, rightio. And all of a sudden I heard the horse and the horse was pig-rooting and snorting and carrying on and I'm thinking, wow, we just passed that horse. It was happy as and now it's freaking out really bad. And I yelled out to my husband, can you hear that? He goes, yeah, I do. And he goes, the only thing that would do that would be a snake. And I went, yeah, but it's if it was just a snake, it wouldn't have carried on that much. It would have said something and ran off and it was still carrying on. So we jumped in the car drove past, the horses just standing there carrying on and it didn't run away, it's just freaking out. And um, we could see the trees and the trees were actually physically being flattened in the tree line and there was something just behind the tree line running along the edge of the road flattening these trees and I knew straight away that's it, only a hairy man could do that. Or a hairy man is strong enough to do that. So we jumped in the car and we, my husband's driving and he planted it. This is how fast it was going and we're following these um, trees going slap, 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 bang, 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 bang. And then all of a sudden it stopped. So he stopped the car and I gets out and I, I just put my hands up there and I said, hello, hello, we're not here to hurt you. I just want to, I'm sorry that we came into your area. Obviously that was his area or her area, whoever it was. I didn't see them, but you could feel them behind the tree line. Um, and I didn't feel threatened. I never feel threatened by anything in nature, um, not in Australia anyway. 
I didn't feel threatened and I just apologised. And all I asked was, why are you here? And it's like telepathy. It was like someone speaking in my head. And I heard it was there's uh, limestone, or I think it's, is it limestone that uh, generates energy? And there was, um, that was in the rock. And it was because of these rocks. That's why he was there. And I thought, okay, then. So we're going now. So we jumped in the car. We're going up the road. You know when you're in the car and someone in the back seat, you're driving along, they open the back door. You can hear the back door open, then you hear a gush of wind, and then you hear it close. Mm -hmm. There was only me and my husband in the car. There's no one in the back seat, and we're driving along, and all of a sudden the driver's side back door opens and closes. Sitting there, and I said to my husband, did you hear that? He goes, yep. I said, that was the back door. He goes, yep, I know. And I looked around, but I couldn't see anything. So I looked with my third eye, and here's this wonderful being sitting in the back of my car. And I'm like, oh. And I'm, I'm thinking, how the hell did you get in my car? Did you run and open the door and jump in and <laughs> being invisible or something like that? Because that's how, you know, it's the only way. You must have run, opened the door, jumped in and closed the door. That's how I, what it seemed like. <laughs> and anyway, he told me to go. He said, you need to go up the road and there's a circle of white rocks that you need to visit. And I'm thinking, okay. And the next thing you hear the door opens and the gush of wind again and the door closes and we're just sitting in the front seat like kind of numb, like, oh, okay, trying to accept what's happening in a rational way. And I just said to my husband, just drive up there and we'll keep driving till I feel we've got to find these white rocks. So we drove up a ways and I said, it's here. And then we walked across the road and there was um, a fence and he goes, that's someone's property. I said, yeah, but there's no one around, but I need to go in there. So we went in there and I walked away and sure enough there was this circle of white rocks. The rocks were in the ground and they were all white in a circle and I'm standing there and I'm thinking, well, this is the place that the being told me to come to, but I, what's happening? And as I turned around and I looked behind the trees, all I could see were um, ancestors, Aboriginal ancestors, and they all popped their head around as if to say, hello, it's so good that someone can see us. <laughs> um, uh, the whole, what I figured, that whole area was just a magical, magical area. And I felt like I really intruded. I really wish that I had a saw him with my real eyes, like if he had walked out of the trees. But um, I probably would have had a heart attack or something. Because <laughs> 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 I'm so used to seeing things in my third eyes, so just so natural and easy for me. Actually seeing them physically, he probably would have given me a heart attack. Um, <laughs> well, so why do you think... Why do you think the Yowie sent you up there to that that place with the right white rocks? Um, to connect and to realise that my these ancestors are still walking with us and oh, yeah, right. and what I learned over the years is that when they when somebody who can see and feel spiritual stuff goes into the bush, the beings there, the tree people, the rocks, the spirit people, the ancestors, they are delighted. Um, so all your listeners that are spiritual and go out and become one with nature, they're, they're happy. They're so happy that this is happening because we're not taught to do this in this realm. Um, it's all, you know, it's not real. Don't do that. But, That's... yeah, those of us that can do it, they, they really, really appreciate it. I'm telling you. They love singing. Oh, <laughs> Any particular any particular genre or just singing a tune of, of any kind? From, from your heart, from your heart and spirit. If it doesn't even have to be words, it can just be a chant. As long as it's coming from the right resonance from your heart and spirit, they love it. 
Yeah. And, I can hear it. And do you think um, everyone, like you, you obviously from a very young age had that ability to see with your third eye and had that, that strong connection. But do you think that's something that everyone can learn to do? Uh, yes. I believe that, well, I like to believe that everyone has it and it just needs to be um, nurtured like a plant, um, like anything, you know, when you learn something, even um, if you've got a natural gift to paint or dance or whatever, um, you practice it and practice it and you get better and better and stronger in it. The same, practice coming from your heart and spirit yeah, and all that positive stuff. Like everyone, nowadays everyone's got the gist of where we're supposed to go in, in that realm, we're supposed, how we're supposed to be, positive and loving, compassionate. And I know, I, I truly know, Sarah, that, if anyone wants to be close to the hairy man, you have to come at him in that space. Um, otherwise, you could have a really, really awful experience. But if you come in honest, rigid truth, <laughs> that you'll be accepted because it's nature. Nature can see you. They can see you. They can see your energy. They can see. You. They can hear your thoughts. <laughs> they know you're coming before you get there. <laughs> So that Unless was you take it by surprise, <laughs> <laughs> and that's something I remember we we chatted about when I spoke to you and and Donnie last time was that they can sense who you are and see who, see how what your heart is how your heart is from a long distance away. Yep, yeah, they they can, and they they communicate with people from long distance away. Yes. They're highly telepathic. Yes. Among other things, yeah. Yeah, Basically, you take your spiritual gifts and multiply it, and there you go. That's what you got. They can do all those things. The thing is, though, that you've got to remember there are different kinds. And me and Donnie were having a yarn yesterday, and even though we have a lot of knowledge in what we know, we're always learning stuff, so we're not like masters of anything because we're continually learning and we knew that there's nice ones and grumpy ones, let's say. And we're talking about the grumpy ones, and they're far more grumpier than what we thought we realised yesterday, eh, brother? Yes, they are far more grumpier. <laughs> how did how did you work that out? Were you, were you just were you feeling them, uh, the grumpy ones, or were you you talking about some of the uh, sightings that people have had? Yeah, well, I've listened to some of the shows there where people have had. Uh, how yeah, would you put it? Gone into the bush with bad intents, and uh, they've um, oh, hairy man had a go at them. You know, that's the other thing too. They seem to they like to sound on motorbikes for some reason. You know, it must upset them, or I don't know, but they get really grumpy about them. Yeah, uh, I can understand that because they're. they're... The sound of motorbikes, especially trail bikes, going through the forest when you've got this beautiful natural setting yeah. and it's it's beautiful and tranquil and, and serene and, and then you get trail bikes revving and yeah. hooning around. I can understand why that is really irritating to them. Yeah, yeah it is. Uh, last sort of encounter I had was about three weeks ago. Maybe it's four now. Uh, it was a sort of an encounter, I don't know, then again, where it was, it wasn't far away from a men's site. So I was up there cutting firewood for my mate, and I got a deal with him. If I help him 
give him a day's work cutting up firewood, he'd give me a load of wood. Right, he had to go and deliver a load of wood. Now I'm on the block splitter there, busting up wood. You know how you get that feeling that somebody's watching you? Yeah. And right there, I'm cutting away there, and I'm still turning around. And, you know, looking around and saying, somebody there felt watching me, there's something there. And uh, anyway, I was halfway through it, and I stopped the machine, and I yelled out to him, why don't you bloody well show yourself? Yeah, about half an hour later, um, he wasn't back, and I decided to load up my utility. And you know, I was loading the wood in the back of the old utility. And next minute, thud, right next to my utility, there was a big chunk of rock. <laughs> it's a fair size rock, like, pretty close to big, as big as a football. Landed right beside the utility, and he was telling me, I showed myself. <laughs> <laughs> he sure did. He sure did. Nothing else going to be. Yeah. Nothing else is going to be throwing around rocks of that size in the bush. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I said to him, I said, right. And I said, you can have it all to yourself. And I said, I'm going now. I only wanted the wood. And I had it up and left him because you know, show him respect. You know, he showed himself. And that was all right by me. Yeah. Plus, I was um, trying to be respectful and say, well, I only got come here to give me wood and now I'm gone. And that's what I did. That's, if you show respect to them, yeah, I will leave you alone. Where that area is where I was telling where I get the firewood from, it's not far away from there, it's a sacred men's site. See, that could be one of my spirits, uh, ancestral spirits there. Telling me you be careful here because this is a men's site. Oh, and right, yes. You be respectful. Uh, I can't say there was a hairy man or was it one of my spirit ancestral spirits did that. So it's a toss up there between one of the two. Because when you go near a special site, you've got to be respectful. And then, like you just can't walk on to some like a special site and say. Oh, I'm not going to go and have a look, see. No, no, you don't do that. You've got to announce your intentions. And when you go on to the country, a special country, and you've got to smoke yourself. That's the last stop uh, spirits that go on to that area. Or you've got bad intentions in your spirits. Or you take spirits away from there. What? It's, like, it's like a cleansing when we do smoke and ceremony. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And and does and, that then that that gives you if you do if you smoke yourselves and everyone in your group then that gives you protection from yeah it does it gives you protection but what it's doing is is you're smoking yourself you you're leaving them the spirits that you're coming with out, out of that group you know and. When you go on to their country, there might be a spirit that might want to latch on you, but when you smoke yourself off, they're not bad intents, um, want a better word. They were just, um, they're protecting that site. Like, how would you call it? Uh, white fellow word there, sentinel. That's it. Is that the word? Yeah, sentinel. Yeah, sentinel. Yep. 
yeah. Like a guard, they're a watchman. After that, yeah, yeah. They're there to look after that special side. And, and you just go, that's to stop people from going there willy-nilly. You just don't go on the special sides, just especially if it's a men's side. What can happen to you? I know you, sh- you shared some stories with me. I'm not sure if you can share them or not, but uh, what can happen to uh, people well, if they stray onto land that onto country that's not supposed to be like if women go onto a sacred men's site or a man goes onto a sacred women's site yeah well I'll tell you I'll tell you what happened to me uh, well it's got to be about seven months ago now seven or eight months maybe a bit more now I was commissioned to do a job you know look for um, sites up around near my area there Anyway, we was there with archaeologists, fellas, and uh, we had to go to this property. And first, archaeologist lady there, and that was the first indication there was something wrong, but I didn't take nothing, no notice. And then the second one, she nearly ran over a lollipop man. That was the second one. The third one, when we went to do the smoking ceremony, the smoking leaves didn't want to burn. And we had to try three or four times. Most of all, I should have said, no, I should have gone and turned around and said, don't go back home. But being pig-headed and stubborn is my own fault. Here, look, we went up into this area. Anyway, I was getting up there, and I, you know, get this funny feeling we shouldn't be there. And we were walked straight smack bang into a woman's site. Bourbon chair, uh, ceremonial ground, and all that. And this mist, like one of the ladies went missing. She couldn't they, they couldn't find her. And then she turned back up and just after that mist lifted, that's when I had the heart attack. And that was to teach me a lesson that I shouldn't have went on that side without, uh, even if I'm a man, I shouldn't have went on there because I was warned three times. <laughs> yeah, right. Now, I call my punishment and I accept my punishment for not going on to that woman's side. Yeah, brother, explain, I want to explain though to listeners that it wasn't actually Brother Donnie's fault. We have a problem in Australia that, when you work for certain people, they want you to go places as an Indigenous person and they want the places they send you to, you've got to do it under the visor of work. You either say, no, I'm not going there and pack your job in or you go. Most people go and the, the, I've seen so many people come to me after being somewhere that work has sent them and I've just gone off my head. Part of being a water lily woman, I'm a healer. So they come to me for healing. What's going on? Why is these things happening to me? Where have you been? I say, and they go, I went here for work. And I'm like, wow. And I just go off my head. These, they keep sending our people to these places and they're getting hurt. And I don't know what to do about it because it's under the visor of work. So poor brother was sent to a woman's place and had a heart attack under the visor of work. Sorry, I didn't want to get you in trouble there, Donnie. But <laughs> this, this is a, a growing concern for me 
our people are getting hurt. Um, and some places they work outside, there are hairy men there protecting that area and all sorts of things will go wrong and people will get sick and accidents happen and people wonder why, but they're not listening to the biggest law of all is the law of nature and the hairy men that are protectors of that also. I can't tell you the story behind what I know about being punished for going a woman going to men's area. I can kind of skip around it yeah. because I get women come to me too. They've gone and done wrong things in the wrong place and how serious it can become. It's real. It can be serious to the point where you will die. And if it won't happen today, it'll happen tomorrow. They'll wait four weeks. They'll wait six months. And they'll just wait for the right opportunity because you've done something wrong and you need, your spirit learn, needs to learn. And a lot of the times when the women go to men's area and do stuff, it's not all of a sudden come across this place and go, oh, my way, this is really interesting. What a wonderful place. Never seen anything like this before. And then keep walking. It's not like that. They deliberately go there and deliberately do things and then comes upon them um, the punishment. And this is where the other kind of hairy man comes in. It's a spiritual form of hairy man, and I'm not sure whether they generate this or it's an actual being. I think more it's an actual being, eh, brother? Yes. Um, and that's a law keeper, and that, that will be sent after you. And it doesn't matter where you are. You can live in the city. You can live in the bush. Um, I don't know about leaving the country, <laughs> um, but there's hairy men all over the world, so I wouldn't go doing that either. Yeah. <laughs> so, so if someone, so if someone has you know bad intentions and goes out onto ground that's that's they're not supposed to be there, and, and their intentions are bad, not just by accident, but really bad intentions, then they will get punished. Oh, they'll be punished. Yeah, yeah. And they, if they don't know about spiritual stuff they won't know what's happening to them. They'll just say they've had all this bad luck and um, yeah. I nearly got run over or got really sick. Um, yeah. Getting sick, it's, it's like this. So first you might get sick. They'll make you sick. And if you don't listen, then you'll start having accidents. And if you don't listen, it's just going to get worse and worse and worse. And and then it gets to the point where these people seek out someone like me, Donnie, or others in the community that understand these things. Um, and go, help me, I don't know what's going on. And then you look and you go, oh, my, what have you done? <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. so how do you go about if, you've, if you realise that you've made a, a terrible mistake and you've been where you shouldn't be, how do you go about apologising or appeasing the, the spirits? Okay, in the hairy men. <laughs> and the hairy men, yeah. Um, so it's a bit of a process. For women, I don't know what the men's ones is because, as you know, our people have men and women's business and we don't cross the line. And the only time we do is that you have to be usually old. So because when we do ceremony, if men do a ceremony, there's always an old woman in a camp not far by balancing out the energy. If the women do a ceremony, there's always an old man in a camp not far away balancing out the energy, but they have, they're usually old many other reasons and makes a different thing but uh, so what we would do it's a bit of like a bit of a ceremony and things that have to be done so it's not done in one day all right so one day you do one thing next day you do another 
And then after that, you go back and say sorry. Now, when you go back and say sorry, you're bare in your soul. And and if you're not strong in it, and they don't, I've had people that are, aren't strong in it. Like You know when if you, you do something to someone and you apologise and there's two ways of apologising. One's, I'm really sorry for what I've done. I, I was in a bad mood and I didn't realise you were there and I turned around and I just snapped at you. I'm so sorry. And then the other one is, oh, I'm sorry, I was just in a cranky mood. Mm. Okay, one's genuine, one's not. Yeah. If you go there with the non-genuine attitude, they're going to know and and the punishment might diminish but it will still continue. Yeah, right. Because that's another lesson you need to learn is how to be solid, how to be strong in who you are, um, what would you call it, uh, substance, you know, a person of good substance. Yeah. That, that's what they're trying to teach you. So when you turn up in the bush and you've done the wrong thing, you don't stand there in shame. You put your head up and say, yes, I, you own what you've done. And that's the difference. So they know and punishments accordingly. And because of the different worlds, we're not going to punish you because you did it for work or we're not going to punish you because you did it for this reason. It doesn't work that way. There's two different laws. There's an L-O-R-E and an L-A-W. Yeah. Um, yeah, and the L-O-R-E doesn't acknowledge the other one. So if you've done the wrong thing, you've just got to own it. You need to own it if you yeah. Otherwise, wear it. Yeah. So I guess if you're if you're out researching, um, this is for the listeners. If you if you if you wanted to know in your area if there are actually any sacred places where you shouldn't go, do you recommend that that people contact uh, yeah. some of the local elders to find yes. out if there's anywhere they shouldn't go? Yes, that's, that would be the best idea is just to ask the local elders you know, where's, where they're allowed to go and where they're not allowed to go. And, uh, not just one elder, ask three or four, and women and men. Like the sites there where, you know, like like I said, where men are not supposed to go, where women are not supposed to go. And there's also that involves children as well too. Because uh, children are more acceptable to these type of things because they're young. They might be able to get away with it for a little while, but after that, yeah, it can become an issue. They can still get get punished, you reckon? Yeah. Yeah. Right. Oh yeah, they yeah they can, and because they're young and little, it's like an old person. It's harder to recover. Oh yeah, yeah. Physically, because it, it has its physical. Uh, yeah, that's physically upon you. Yep, yep. Um, say taking it back to hairy men. Oh, that's what I want to say with the hairy people. There, if you may, hearing things about our culture, and uh, as Donnie said, you got to ask more than one person because we all hold different knowledges, and then we share knowledges. But we we hold the knowledge that we know. That's our genre kind of thing. Like you ask a man because he knows where the men's sites are and then you ask a woman because they know where the women's sites are. Then you'll have someone else that does the uh, healing spiritual work. Then you'll have someone else that does something else. So it pays to get in respect and get to know everybody. Yeah, with the hairy people, if you you know anything about our culture, they've got a culture too. And that's what I try to tell people. They're not just hairy people running around the bush. They have a culture. 
their own culture. And if yes, you walk into one of their special places, you're going to be in the shit. That's probably why people get afraid because they've accidentally maybe walked into a, one of their spiritual places or near one of their spiritual places. And the the feeling that they get are like, get away from here, you don't belong here, you're not allowed to come here. Just like you would if you walked into a woman walked into a men's area, that you can feel it. It's a repelling, like a magnetic repelling feeling and you get a feeling of dread, I'm not supposed to be here. Yes. And if you don't leave, things start to happen. Yeah. And so some, sometimes, because that's one of the things that people report all the time, is that suddenly they've, they're just overwhelmed by this feeling of dread and that they're in danger and, and they need to get out of there. So for... for Quite a long time we'd been thinking maybe that's the Yowie people sending out, you know, infrasound or something that's making people feel really uneasy. But you're saying also that it could be the spirits of the land doing yeah, that as well. Because it's like, imagine going to a party, right, and you've got a room full of people and there's someone in that room that doesn't like you. You're going to feel it. You haven't spotted them yet, but you walk into the party, you look around and go, oh, yeah, this is a nice party. And as you pan around, maybe you're going to, I want a drink or a food, and you pan around, then all of a sudden you you just panned over that person looking at you going, I don't like you, but they're looking at you and you can feel it coming off them. Yeah. Then you'll go and get something to eat and then you'll come back to that part of the room. You might be standing nearer them and then you turn around and it's like, oh, that's the person that I felt when I walked in. So take that scenario they're standing in the bush, you can't see them, they can see you. You're approaching an area you shouldn't be and they're generating this feeling towards you. You shouldn't be here, what are you doing? And it's strong because they're strong beings and you can feel feel it like that person in the party and the closer you get to them, the more you feel it. Yeah, um, so, so if yeah, people are... Way to explain it for yeah, you. yeah, and if people are, are feeling that while they're out, bushwalking or or researching or doing anything out in the bush take heed of those of those feelings and and respect those feelings because even for me and donnie we walk in the bush lots of times and we've seen many many things and been many places that other people haven't but the same thing we've been places where it's gone oh not going here (laughs) turn around walk away it's not our place to be there unless you're invited. Yeah. Uncle Donny, um, I remember you mentioned last time that the, the the hairy people like collecting things, like shoes. <laughs> Do you want to tell that story? Oh, yeah, I can tell that story a bit there. We were doing a, a side walk over um, just outside of Tamworth. No, anyway, I was going up the side of the hill there, and there was a bare patch in the side of the hill. So we went up and had a look, and there was a heap of artefacts there. And they must have been coming back there all the time because where they've been sitting, you can actually see the hump where they've been sitting down there and making, you know, making tools. And we were investigating that, and then my son and one of the archaeologists uh, rocky outcrop with a little bit of a bluff. And sitting on this uh, rocky outcrop was 16 pairs of women's shoes. <laughs> Way out in the middle of nowhere. Like, <laughs> they had to get a four-wheel drive up there to get, you know, put them up there. 
if you wanted if with somebody who had just just to dump them there, but and they were just sitting there, these women's shoes, and all sorts of women's shoes, like women's boots, women's sandals, and there was just not one set type of set. There was all tights, you know, there was even flashy ones. <laughs> There'd be about sixteen pairs of them. We were thinking to ourselves, oh, not a body over the bluff there, so we went out over, looked over there. There was no body, no nothing over there. But all these shoes were just there. And it still got me stumped why them shoes were up there. Do you think maybe it was... Heard story. Sorry, what go was on. was that, Sarah? No, sorry. I was just going to say, do you think maybe it was a, maybe a juvenile yowie out and finding things oh. like that? I've heard stories that the old hairy men, they, they, they've got a tendency to pick up, uh, what do you want to call it, souvenirs? Mm-hmm. Yeah, because that same creek that I was on, where this all these 16, there's a little, it was like a little hill, and down below was a creek. And that was, I went up to a men's site. You know, my dad was up the top of that creek where it starts and he he pulled up there one day and, because I'll, and he leaped his old 22 up against the, this log uh, tree, I meant to say, and rolled himself a smoke. And after he finished the smoke, he got up and went down to the creek and had a drink of water, come back, and the rifle was missing. But in that five minutes to him getting a drink and going back to pick his rifle up, was gone, totally gone. There was no one else around. That's weird. I've heard other stories where things like um, other things had gone missing, then they found them way up in the bush. Like, uh, oh, that, that reminds me, Daddy, yeah, that goes back to we used up in Stanthorpe there, we used to go. You didn't hear this, but we was doing a bit of poaching and you know, shooting a few rabbits. And we're way out in the middle of nowhere, underneath this tea tree, it looked like somebody, somebody had been camped there and was sitting right there was a $2 note. And I was thinking, me and my brother were thinking, ourselves, why would they bring out a $2 note way out in the middle of nowhere, put it in this bloody, like something had been camped there. It didn't look like human because uh, there was no fire or nothing near it. It's just this two dollar note, just sitting there. Because we were going shooting rabbits and you know, make a bit of pocket money, but that two dollar note was sitting there. So and, how odd? Yeah, that really odd. That one. Yeah. Um, uh, could I tell the other story about when we had to go up there? I can only tell you this little bit. Yeah, sure. I can't tell you the rest because there was a men's side place and I don't want to talk about it too much because no. that's men's business. Yep. And we had to go for it because the, because the archaeologist there, fellow says, oh, no, you've got to go up in there, have a look, see, see what's up in there. And uh, I really didn't want to go, so we smoked ourselves and went up in there. And anyway, we was getting halfway up there and I jumped over a little puddle in the creek and I looked down there. There was a 
Sidman, my bloke, was with me, and the archaeologist fella. He said, come and have a look at this. And he says, right. And I said, come and have a look at this. In this little puddle of water was a dead pig. In this, uh, this dead pig, uh, he would have been about, about 60 kilos, this pig. He had been stabbed in the forehead with a cow horn. He had been stabbed through the heart with a goat horn. And he, one of his back legs was ripped off. Wow. Now, this could have been, uh, uh, what they, what's they call them over America there? They call them, oh, Gifton. This could have been Gifton. I don't, I'm not 100% sure on it. Because last time we went up in there, because we only went halfway up the last time, because I said to the father, there's an airy man up here, I want to leave something here because we're going in his country. And I left two apples behind. And it wasn't far from there where we found the pig. So that could have oh. been a gifting or oh. it could have been a warning. Ah, okay. So a gift back to you to say thank you for for your gift. Yeah. Yes. Or, 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 as you said, maybe a warning, don't come back. <laughs> Nothing else other than a human being or a, or a hairy person has the power that, and the hands, the, the, the opposable thumbs and the strength to do that, to, to drive a horn uh, through the head of a pig. Yeah, because they're pretty tough in the forehead there. Yeah, yeah. And they the drive... Uh, like the goat horn, it had gone through his chest and it was sticking out of his back. Wow. Wow. That is that is immense strength, isn't it? Yes. I don't think even a human being would be able to do that. Yeah, they, that's sheer strength. Yeah. yeah. They've got the ability, they've got the strength in both ways, spiritually and physically. You mentioned to me when I spoke to you, uh, when I spoke to you both a couple of weeks ago, that there were reasons why, like three reasons why the hairy people show themselves to human beings. Can you can you yeah. talk a little bit about that? Well, one is uh, I think I'm not 100 sure on this one, but it's um, initiation, like. Uh, how would you say it, uh, to show themselves to a human and, and get away with it, you know what I mean? Yes. Yeah, to so me, that's, to look, to do something like that, it would be initiation. Yeah, so a young, a young, uh, yeah, a young, young, young hairy person yeah. to reaching an age where they have to, they're an initiation age where they're kind of being initiated from being a child to to an adult, and it's, it's, it's a sign of bravery and cleverness and, and speed and uh, agility to show yourself to yeah. a human and then come back and be able to say, this, I did this, so I'm now, yeah, 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 now initiated. I'm initiated. Yeah, 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 yeah. The other one is spiritual because if you listen to the fathers after that, it's, uh, you know, an encounter you know, even women, children, they sort of go very spiritual after that mm-hmm. because when you get blasted from them, they, it sort of triggers something in you. Yeah. 
and, and it makes it more spiritual because there's a lot of people I've had yarns with them. They say, oh, after I've seen the old hairy man, they've gone, oh, I see. But I start seeing things with my third eye and all this, and I, you know, see the future, see the past, see the spirits and all that. And I think they give you a gift of that too because after I seen uh, what's that word, that third eye kick in, after that, I started noticing, you know, getting things like deja vu and all that thing, you know, things like event going to come up and things like that. So it's to cause you to to jolt you maybe into a spiritual yeah, awakening that, and to to reconnect with that yeah, part of yourself. Awakening, yeah, that's the word. Yeah. Now the other one is when you muck up in the bush, they're going to give it to you. They're definitely going to give it to you. You know when you do silly things in the bush, like um, you know tear up the bush with the old uh, motorbike. Mm-hmm. I've heard a lot of stories about uh, hairy men chasing people on motorbikes. Yeah. Uh, I've also heard stories about hunters being chased out of the bush by hairy men. Yeah. And people with chainsaws, I've heard yeah, yeah, stories yeah, of them like getting really angry. Like yeah. Yeah, yeah, chopping. Because they cut down their bush. Yeah. Yeah, you, you, you wouldn't like someone to come along with a bulldozer and push over your house there, would you? <laughs> no. <laughs> I can totally understand why why they get angry and they're they're not happy with with people with chainsaws. They also teach you lesson like well, well watch one of your shows there about a young bloke there, he's a hunter. And and he said he left an apple behind and was a bit, you know, a bit gronky. He didn't want to eat. And that old hairy man got out in front of him and he ate the apple in front of him, the apple he left behind. Mm-hmm. Yep. That was... to tell him that waste not, one not. Don't hunt, yeah. don't, don't, him... don't take it more from yeah. the bush than, than you need. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a difference between what you want and what you need is two different things. <laughs> yes, that's a very good point. That was from Putty uh, in New yeah, South Wales. Down... Yeah. Uncle Donny, you mentioned to me when I spoke to you the other day that you'd found like a, a cage-like structure. Oh, that would be down on the Moomy Ranges there. I can't figure that one out because um, it could have been a young juvenile and what they'd done is there was a little sapling tree was leaning over a little bit and you could smell, you know, uh, it was like it was a campsite where somebody had been camped because the grass was all pushed down and had a sort of like a sulfur smell. And uh, what they did is they got old dead sticks and they jammed it through the uh, leaves into the ground around this little sapling tree. And whatever was had crawled up in there was camped in there. That's about the same spot where my daughter ran me. She grabbed the phone off and she said, I'm going to go on, you can get here's go and take some photos. So she just took some random photos. And um, I said, Yeah, okay, you do that. And I was looking at the photos later on. And I said, Michelle, that's my daughter. I said, Have a look at this. And I zoomed it in. 
and cross cross the road where they done the cutting in it. Across the road up on the bank there was an old handyman standing there. He was standing a little near a little sapling tree. The sapling tree would have been uh, about five or six feet tall. He towered over the top of this sapling. But the funny part about it, he had something in his hand. It looked like a, either a spear or a stick. It was straight. It was told to me years ago. The old hair men used to use wire and they used to use tools. Oh, right. But when white settlement came here, they stopped doing that, especially the fire bit. Right, to not draw attention to themselves? Yeah, I say so. Yeah, right. It's the old fellas used to say they used to use fire. That's interesting. That's interesting because I haven't heard many stories of them, although there is the odd, there is the odd story of them being curious about uh, campfires, but interesting that they, yeah, that perhaps they used fires but then stopped, stopped yeah, because, of, yeah. because of white, the white invaders. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Brother's story on the fire, we were discussing that earlier. They, they, some of them use fire. Do you think they're using it for, I mean, obviously they've been using, they'd, be, they'd be using it for warmth, um, no, I think more on the lines of cooking, but they've got seen to uh, done away with that because I think when the white settlement start coming through, and they seen the smoke and you know, inquisitive uh, white people, they got a bad habit of going, oh, well, what's that smoke here? We're going to have a look see. <laughs> yes. Uh, and, uh, and that's probably there when old old hairy man said, no, no, we're not going to use that no more. And, but there's still stories uh, about old hairy men still use fire, but out in the Western country. And they uh, reckon old hairy men out there in the Western country will use fire. Are you talking about Western Western Australia? Central. Central and Western. Central Western Australia. Yeah. In the desert, in the rocky kind of mountain areas. Uh-huh. And I guess that would... That there's a whole lot less, less. Away from us. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was going to say there are a lot less people out there. So, yeah. Uh, away from- hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for fifteen dollars a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile. slash switch. Upfront payment of forty five dollars, equivalent to fifteen dollars per month, unlimited over forty gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at four eighty p. Active Mint customers by five thirty one twenty four get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May thirty first, twenty twenty four. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply. If rated PG. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. You know, when every time I talk about all my memories in Jogging now because we've been talking about it. Every time I talk about them, they, I, I so feel for them so much because it's like our people, they've been displaced in certain ways. 
um, except they can't be assimilated because if they are, then everyone knows there's, uh, you know, it wouldn't be good. Yeah, while we're talking, I actually really, my memory's being jogged here. I did see a hairy man in my early 20s. I was in the rain and I was staying at um, a friend's house out in the middle of the rainforest and it looked on to a mountain. And I remember sitting there by myself one day and looking at this mountain and I'm looking and I'm thinking, what the hell is that moving up there? And to me, there was no one else there, so I can't verify this. And it was I wasn't up close, so I can't say that I felt anything. This was just eyesight. I looked up there and it was a creamy tan colour. What what I what I remember about it is that as I'm watching, he's moving around, and it looked like he just he must have either walked into a cave, because it just looked like he kind of walked into the, the, the mountain. And I'm sitting there thinking, well, that have to be a cave, an opening somehow. And I remember running to tell my husband, I just saw this, and no no one was didn't raise anybody's interest or in anyone didn't say anything. They just kind of looked at me, and I thought, oh well. It's probably, I'll just pack that memory back in the back there. <laughs> I can't believe it if they, they didn't react to that. If somebody came to me and said, oh, my God, I just saw this, I'd be like, what? <laughs> Tell me about it. <laughs> yeah, no one reacted. Huh? Another thing too, I remember it was like someone tapped me on the shoulder. When I was a little girl, I remember walking in the bush. There were two instances. Donnie mentioned the bad smell. I remember twice I was walking there and I could smell something and it was not good and I just remember smelling it and thinking, oh, I don't want to go. And I, I look back now and think, was that a hairy man standing there? And I could smell him. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Could very um, well be. Another thing too, here in Australia, the size of the trees, if they're big trees, they're big hairy men. If they're little trees, they're the little hairy men. So they, I guess that makes sense when when it comes to hiding um, if you're a 15 foot tall creature and you're you're living in land that that has kind of short scrubby trees, then you're going to spend a lot of you're going to spend a lot of time on your hands and knees, aren't you? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or run around pretending to be a tree. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Well, they're very good at that too, aren't they? They're very yeah. good at pretending to be trees. Yeah. I I'd say to anyone that meets one face to face in a uh, unguarded moment and you're worried, look at their teeth. Because if most animals, even us, if they're meat eaters, they'd have two sharp teeth. If they're um, not really meat eaters, their teeth would be more like ours and flattened. So um, I know it's not something you think about if you got faced in a terrible moment. <laughs> <laughs> but it'll give you an indication whether to panic or not. Yeah. <laughs> But that's it's it's true. We do get people reporting different kinds of teeth, and sometimes they report having those big, pointy canine mm-hmm. teeth. Yeah, um, yeah. And sometimes yeah. they say no; they actually had really like human-like teeth, yeah. uh, kind of blunt yeah. teeth. So and that that is. There are some that would eat us. Like, that's what we were talking about—the grumpy ones. Yeah. So yeah. they eat meat. Yeah. They're not all good ones out there, are there? No, they're, no, they're different. They're just like humans. We're all different. We have a culture. They have a culture. Some of us are uh, kind and benevolent. Some of them are benevolent. Some of them are um, benevolent and they're angry and they eat meat. And 
you know, it's just the same. They're different kinds. And the meat eaters are probably bigger and more aggressive. Common sense will tell you a lot. Yeah. <laughs> Even walking in the bush, common sense tells you, you smell something weird or feel weird, mm, something wrong here, perhaps I should not go that way. <laughs> exactly. Oh, yeah, I want to talk about, uh, I can't tell you a lot about it, but I'll tell for everyone, yes, they do go invisible. Oh, yes, yes. This is something that people have reported to to us, to Australian Yowie Research and to me doing Yowie Central as well. I've had reports of people seeing beings that seem to disappear in front of their eyes or that people can see see the outline of a big bipedal being there with big shoulders and a head and legs, but it, it's... They can't see any colour. It's like they're transparent. So, yeah, did you want to share what, what you can share about that, Auntie Luna? Um, yeah, only because. <laughs> Here we go. I watched your interview on someone else's show, Sarah, and they mentioned it, and when they talked about it, I thought, oh, you're spot on, man. <laughs> yes. Oh, was that on... Um... It was that Pork and Beans show? Yeah, was that one yeah. that I was on recently? Yes, yes. Yeah, Donnie, Donnie made, alerted me to it and I thought I'd go over and have a listen. And, um, yeah, they on point when it comes to the invisible, so I don't have to say much there. But Okay, so for, for the listeners, you can go and check out the show that I did the, on the Pork and Beans show. There's a link on in the Facebook group, in the Yowie Central Facebook group, um, but it's on YouTube and... Uh, to Brian and Mike, their names are lovely, really interesting fellas, and they had a lot to say about their ongoing relationships, spiritual relationship with the Sasquatch, with the hairy people over there. And Mike particularly was talking about his um, uh, how he managed after practicing this and practicing and practicing how he managed to make his leg go invisible and it was all about raising your, your vibration but stilling your mind wasn't it yes yes no so it's like um yeah, where would your mind be yeah your mind yeah stilling your mind would be the best way and yeah and the vibration rises and you you don't how can i put it you're still there. It's not like you're going to go anywhere, so you're still there. You just can't see. And and that see. and that explains why so many people report beings that are there one minute and gone the next. Yeah, um, they haven't actually. Well, they've they've raised their vibration and done whatever they do, and use this incredible skill they have to go invisible so that you can't see them and they can get away from you and they can move then silently. You can't hear them, mm-hmm. but they're actually there and moving around. You just can't hear them. Yeah. 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 Levitate themselves too. What was that, Uncle Donnie? They levitate? They can levitate themselves because if you, um, you hear them say, like, can't find no tracks, and oh, the reason yes. of that is they can levitate themselves. They can basically, what I'm trying to explain is they can basically walk on air. That's why they don't, you can only find one or two tracks. 
But there is um, one thing is a bit of a flaw with this. To do that on a spiritual level, it takes a lot of energy. And after a while, you've got to come back down from it. A story about that, but it's got to do with a Native American grandfather that I knew. Mm-hmm. When he was young, he was in a lodge and um, was with the elders and they were dancing, doing a spiritual thing. And it was, um, oh, he was outside, that's right, because it was raining and it was muddy and they were dancing in the rain in a circle. Um, anyway, when it was over, an elder came up to him and said, you didn't dance. And he goes, yes, I did. He says, well, why don't you have mud on your moccasins? He didn't. He wasn't touching the ground. <laughs> there you go. There you go. So it's a, the, he's using a similar, a similar yeah. tactic, a similar ability. He didn't tell me what the ceremony was or anything. He just said right. it plain like that. Um, but, yeah, whatever they were doing was at a high vibration and obviously he didn't touch the ground. That's why he had no mud on his moccasins. Um, so, yeah, to hear that, what Donnie said, makes a lot of sense. Yeah. If, like I said, they take our spiritual stuff and times it, that's what they have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wonder if if they can see each other when they when they do that and they become invisible to the human eye, whether if there are two hairy people together and they both disappear together, whether they can see each other in that state or they can't see each other either, I wonder. That'd be a hard question for me because I really don't know that one. Yeah, yeah, really. It's, I, we'll have to do an experiment, brother, next time I come up and we walk on country. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And let me know. Life <laughs> do it and then we'll see if we can see each other. I would love to hear the results of that. Please keep me posted. <laughs> And now that we were um, talking about the disappearing there, there Sarah, yeah. um, my cousin over there, you have an underway, that cousin, he tracked one about three miles. Yeah, three miles. He said three miles. He says, I tracked him, Donnie. He said, when he got right up to him, he said he just went, boom, disappeared. He said, I couldn't find no tracks, no nothing after that. <laughs> he said, he just disappeared in front of the eyes. And he said, I could not find anything. You see, there's also another thing they got it. How would you say it? Um, want a better word for it. They, they um, can project into your mind and say, I'm a tree stump. Oh, and you're just looking at it like a tree, tree stump, you know? But that might be a whole area man there looking at you. Yep. Or one on of, a cow. One, one or of on the, a rock. Oh, really? So they could do do any any, yeah, any yeah, object. Project, yeah, project their, their thoughts into your mind and say, right, I'm a kangaroo. And you're looking, oh, that's a kangaroo over there. But it's not. <laughs> it's a hairy man. And he's looking straight at you. Yeah, they're pretty crafty for doing things like that. Yeah, like, yeah. Yeah, they sure are. Uh, I've, he- I've heard from more than one witness that that the Yowie they were looking at seemed to turn into a tree stump. I have heard that before. Yeah. Um, in fact, I can think of one uh, 
And the witness said exactly that. She saw one up ahead on the side of the road, definitely a yowie. And then as as she she got closer in her car and passed, she looks out the window and it's a tree stump. It it had turned yeah. into a tree stump. Uh, but she yeah. was de- well, they, but they, she was they, certain they, about what she could see though. She was it wasn't a tree stump when she first saw it. Yeah, 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 yeah. And all his mates were standing on the hill, rolling around, laughing. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Ah, oh, tricked you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Did you see that lady's face? She doesn't know what to believe. <laughs> yeah, they're pretty crafty doing things like that. Yeah. yeah. Now there's the other thing too. I'll say this because they do that thing on that spiritual level. Um, how would you put it? What's you going to do on that spiritual level? You get residue in the bush there, like blue sparks. Some people call them orbs. Oh yeah. So that's why I was interested in that lady there, which you were talking, interviewing when she went through Tari. Oh yep, yep. There's been a lot of Yowie sightings around that Tari area. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There have been. And what she might have seen was actually a residue of him doing that on a that different level. Like, ah, how, would you, how would you explain it to – can't think of the name for it or a good word for it. But, you know, like you see orbs and things like that. Yeah, yeah, lots of people report that. Yeah, yeah, well, that's that residue from doing that on that spiritual level. Okay, so it's um like a a little ball of yeah. energy or, or or something. It's kind of like when you do spiritual work like that, it's like you charge up the air. Yep, and like it's full of energy then, like electricity, and then it sparks, and it'll also attract other beings. Yeah, there's a lot of time. A lot of things like when I've been up bush, you can, um, I've noticed when if there's airy men around about, uh, around the area there, and if they're doing that spiritual thing, you get this blue sparkle through this bush, and um, you know that somebody's doing magic, and you see these little sparkles of blue sparkles all over the place. Because when I first seen it, I was thinking, what the bloody hell is that stuff for? You know, when you're young, you don't take much notice of it. And I thought, when I first seen it, I thought, my eyes are playing up there. But when on that spiritual level, that's the residue coming off that, you know? Can I say to you, when Uncle Donnie says magic, I don't want people to think like witchcraft magic or incantation kind of magic. It's not that kind of magic. Our people call spiritual energy magic. We just say, good, you got magic, you got bad magic. You use, yeah, I don't know what our language word is for that kind of energy, but it's not that kind of magic, white, white fellas. Yeah, so it's not not witchcraft, it's not spells. um, No, 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 no. Yeah, right. Yeah, we've got a word, word uh, like when somebody break law, mainly when they break law, uh, they all, the mob get together and they do a ceremony, which we call singing up. You ever heard of the, the old fellow saying singing up? Singing up? Sarah? No, I haven't heard that term before. 
Yeah, that's where, like, you break law. Yeah. They're going to sing you up and, you know, punish you for what you've done wrong. Uh, right. You break law. Oh, that's That's when the word sing up come up. Because you broke law. Right, got it. Now I truly believe that we're not supposed to talk and we're supposed to be telepathic and the only time we're supposed to use our voice is for singing, singing things. It's for singing. Yeah. Where you can sing things, right? Uh, in our culture, if a man likes a lady, right, and she may, might live far away or something, you can sing her and she'll turn up. Oh, I love that. I love that. Don't go try on that, you fellas. You might do it wrong and you might attract the wrong woman, right? <laughs> be, be careful what you sing for. <laughs> um, and if she's stronger than you, it won't work out really well. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, but you know, normally that's what you do, like, under like proper intention. Proper yeah, 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 of course. Up, you know? Yeah, singing up, so yeah, we can sing things up. Oh, so it's not just related to... To sing up is not just related to punishment, but it's also related to that kind of magic, that kind of magic, that kind of energy work. Yeah. So you can sing, in, you can sing cleansing, you can sing healing, uh-huh. you can sing all kinds of things. You can actually make the plants grow if you sing to them too. Ah, that that, that's primarily what we use it for, helping things grow and heal and stuff like that. And I hope I don't get in trouble for saying <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I hope not too, because I'm I'm finding this so fascinating, and I, I know, I know there's a lot of listeners out there who who will be so grateful to you, and will really really enjoy learning what you're teaching us. Yeah, but trouble is, does there we you see when we tell the story, we used to always get brushed aside for it, you know. No, no, the, you know, superstitious blackfellas that. Yeah. It used to make me laugh, and then I come back later and say, "Oh, you're right, Donnie." <laughs> yeah. yeah. But most of the time, we get brushed aside for it, which is annoying because yes. we're trying to tell them the truth. Absolutely, really annoying. But I think with the um, with the kind of audience with with the people who listen to my show, they're already people who are open minded to to this world and to what you have to, to teach so that they, they're they not like your standard normal person, you know, um, who, who, who might brush aside. I get brushed to, I get brushed to one side too by, by my own family even. You know, I can't even talk about this stuff. They think I'm completely, you know, crazy. Yeah, bonkers. Yeah, bonkers, they say. Bonkers, oh, absolutely. Bon- wrong with this, Sarah. <laughs> exactly. I know. Yeah. <laughs> I can see it. They roll their eyes. I can see. I can see it in their faces. They're thinking, "Oh my God, what? <laughs> what world have? What path have you gone down? Um, you're a weirdo." <laughs> um, yeah, I just cut straight to it when I meet someone and go, "Look, I'll be there. I'm the craziest person you'll ever meet." Don't <laughs> be surprised about what I'm going to say. Yeah, no worries. I'll, I'll proudly own that. Um, own it, yeah. I'll proudly <laughs> own it. And and look, I I feel I'm so I'm so grateful to the universe, to uh, to everyone who has taught me and shared knowledge with me over the last few years about all of this stuff because I didn't grow up with any of this knowledge, and it's made me 
a better person and way more in tune to my 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 spirituality and 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 that that connection with the land with nature that with the third eye um all of that stuff is is I knew nothing or very little about that and uh, and now I do thank you thanks to uh people like like you guys who are, who are sharing you know very kindly sharing your knowledge so I think you know there there are there are there might be people who brush this sort of stuff off but you you will be reaching the people who 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 really are, are really passionate about learning about this stuff and who who need to know this uh, and and yeah. to whom it resonates really strongly and you'll be helping to wake people up yeah 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 but sometimes a uh, toolbox full of tools are out there, but sometimes you can't fix stupid. <laughs> no, that's so true. That's so true. <laughs> uh, but anyway, you know, look. It, it, All I can uh, say, the people that are sceptical whether the hairy people exist, I, in my research, because I know what my mum think, and I was wondering what the rest of the world thought, so I went searching and... Um, I found old paintings and stuff, and um, the YouTube show that I have actually, I did a show on it, and I show these old paintings and that on my show, and drawings and sketches and things like that. And they show you not just hairy men, but dog-headed people and all other kinds of beings being hunted and killed by knights in shining armor, and. It makes you wonder, and I'm not just talking about individuals, whole towns, like the whole mobs of these beings are being rounded up. And um, there's one particular one where he's a hairy man and they're throwing him on the fire. Oh, God, how awful. Yeah, so that tells me back then we lived with them. It was a natural part of our daily lives in all the whole world, and then... The others came in, they, they looked like knights in shining armour, right? They came in, they started eradicating anything that wasn't like them. Um, so I say, do your history, dig deep, look at these old paintings and sketches and all that of these others. We live with other beings we always have. Yeah. And I remember uh, last time I spoke to you, um, you spoke to me about well, I asked you about Dogman, and because I, I I I hadn't found at that stage any original Australian stories about Dogman, and and that it seemed to be a fairly new um, cryptid being that was being seen here in Australia. But you mentioned to me uh, Dingo Man. Yeah, Dingo Man. Yeah, that that that. Yeah, the, look, um, well, I spoke to an elder one time. He did now because I can't say his name because that'd be disrespectful. Yeah, and I showed him a picture of a dogman from over America. He said, "Have a look at this, uncle." And he looked at it and he said, "Oh, he said that's the screen New England screaming lady." And he said, "What do you mean by that?" And he wouldn't answer after that. The, the, the New England screaming lady, right? Yeah. Isn't that interesting? And, um, I'm assuming that, it, that they called it that because of the, the sound it makes. Yeah. Yeah. But he, he said that's what he said that it was. He said, there's no one, New England screaming lady. Uh, 
And so, and so there is um, stories up here, but they don't. It's really hard to get, uh, you know, get them to yarn up about it because they don't like talking about it. Because I think they get ridiculed as much as anyone else does when they talk about things like that. So they don't talk about it. Yeah. Yeah, but it is so. It is actually, it is a being that the original Australian people are know about and uh, have seen here in Australia. Yes. Yeah. Now, there's also a story that you can get it in a book. Uh, it's uh, somewhere over, I think, near Uluru. Because uh, I've seen the book, it was the, the Dreamtime story. It talks about uh, Dingo Man, but he was a shapeshifter. He could turn into a, uh, a goanna. Echidna, and uh, the story was when he broke law, the tribe was to send this brother out. And he, was a, um, and he was a dingo man. Uh, if I still got the book here, I'll see if I can retrieve it and I'll send you some photos of it. Oh, that would, that would be great. I'd love to see that. Yeah, and... Um, there was a report I uh, remember listening to where a bloke down near Tarewe said he seen a, um, a yowie, but he had a dog's face. Right. Yeah. Was that one of our, one of the AYR reports? I don't know, I don't know if it was one of your albums or not, but, uh-huh. um, but he was uh, saying that he went outside and he, you know, wanted to do uh, business outside, and he looked down near the fence line. He said it was crouched down. It looked at him, and he said it had dog's face on it, and then took off into the bush. Yeah, we've we've had we've had a few reports now of dog-headed beings, uh, and someone 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 I who got onto my onto the Yowie Central Facebook group uh, and was quite aggressive in his. Uh, message basically saying that everyone, the fact that we're even entertaining the idea that Dogman exists in Australia is is ridiculous, and that, that that there's no there's no Aboriginal stories of Dogman, and uh, they don't exist in Australia, and we're just copying the United States because they have they have uh, you know uh, long history. Long I heard story of the two dingo brothers that killed the lizard man because he ate one of the other brothers. The lizard man live with their people for a long time, but because the lizard man, as we know, lizard people eat there, um, he couldn't help one day and he got couldn't control himself and he ate one of the dingo brothers. So the other dingo brothers came and killed him. Right. Yeah. So there there oh, are see. there are stories then. Mm-hmm. We yes, have lots of stories. That that's why me and Donnie um, jumped up and started talking about this stuff. The, the stories we know all over Australia from different mobs, there's all sorts of things. There's all sorts of stories. Um, it goes way back to the canopy that dropped from the dew drops and then we had giant trees. It talks about that. It talks about giants. Like, Sarah, you've got no idea. Um, 
I'm surprised that the Northern Hemisphere people are still scratching their heads going, is it real, is it real? Because for our, our people, we know these things are real. Yeah. They're in our culture. They're, and there's the things that are there, the beings, and the, okay, they're real. One of them I found really, really funny. Um, there's a story of two beings. One being is short, uh, round and blue, and the other being is tall and skinny and um, dark, black-like. Um, and the tall, skinny beings like us and the little blue beings don't. And there's stories, old stories about being in the bush and when kids play, the tall, skinny beings will always watch over them because the short, little, fat beings are going to cause the skinny beings always behind the tree watching us. In nowadays they call it what was it Donnie that's tall Slenderman Slenderman and I'll, I make jokes I go ha oh, they dressed the Slenderman and gave him a hat because it's in our <laughs> culture the Slenderman didn't wear clothes you would know you do you would know you do and he yeah. was the being that watched over us and I've read um, UFO stories and alien stories and that from other people and then one in particular talked about these little blue round flat beings and I, I recognised them and went, yeah, don't trust them. They're the ones that cause you mischief. <laughs> <laughs> so do you think that they are, do you think those short, fat, blue beings are actually aliens or are they beings from this world? <laughs> well, this is what I say to people, Sarah. If um, I was in a country that you didn't know about, and had technology and flying craft that you've never seen, and then come to your country, where would you think I come from? <laughs> yeah, another <Spy>. world. <laughs> yeah. Now, yeah. These, these beings are always binny. They obviously live here too, right? <laughs> yeah. They yeah. lived with us. You know, they didn't jump off a ship. That, that skinny being didn't jump off a ship and go, oh, hang on, just drop down there. There's some kids playing and I can see a blue being. It lived here. Yes. Yeah. Yes, they've they've been here. They are here, and they've been here a long time. Exactly. Yeah, they've been here, been here for a long time. Yeah. My past dreaming there too. What was what was that last thing you said, Uncle Tony? I said uh, right past the dreaming there. Yeah, right. Uh, all our dream time stories are telling about everything. If you just sit down and listen to it, you got to. Listen and interpretate the story. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. When we talk about our dream time, people think, oh, that was something Lilalu a long time ago. It wasn't. It, it's still happening. It never stopped. It just kept going. We're in it now still. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. we're still in dream time. Like, that dreaming never stops. It's just uh, they say, oh, way back in the dream time. But it's not. It's, it's all still here. It's still here, yeah. It's, but it's yes. that other, the way I've... Somebody explained it to me recently. It's it's that 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 world that you see with your third eye. It's that invisible world. It's the magic that's around us all all the time. That's the dreaming. Yeah, that's the dreaming. Yes, yeah. that's right. It's it's not just all ancient myths about how the earth was created. It's not it's not just that. It's it's so much more than that. It's actually all around us all the time. Yeah. 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 So knowing that, know that now you know how the hairy people are still connected, and that's why they 
um, 10 times better at it than we are because <laughs> they never got disconnected. Like. That's right. Exactly right, yeah. Yeah. Hey, Luna, yeah. what was your – do you want to tell the listeners where they can find your YouTube show so they can – uh, check it out because I, I reckon it sounds absolutely fascinating. Um, so if you look up, you go on YouTube and you look up Luna, there's going to be hundreds of them. But if you type in people of wisdom watching our world, put Luna first and then people of wisdom watching our world, it'll come up and it's uh, the little round circle logo thing is a Goanna, the Goanna symbol. That's me. That's the Luna you're looking for. And I do a thing called G'day, G'day, it's Saturday. Um, and there's other stuff on there too because um, I've got other people that bring me up and go, what are you doing, nothing, can I talk? And I go, yeah, I'll put you, we'll just do a show out of the blue and, it, and it's not called Good Day, Good Day, Saturday, so I've got other stuff there, interesting stuff. Or Everything has a spiritual connotation to it because that's what I do. Uncle Donnie's often on there as well. Um, and you know what we realised today, Sarah, that oh, do we do these shows, but we've never actually done one for ourselves about hairy men. <laughs> oh. <laughs> well, you're going to have to do one now, aren't you? <laughs> That's what I said to Donnie. I, I said, okay, we're going to have to do it for ourselves now. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And well, it's only um, a new channel, like um, I just do it because I think too the knowledge needs to be shared, uh, especially spiritual knowledge and and knowledge about the others that they've all been always been here. Um, because there are untruths being told in the world today and we want people to think for themselves. We're not here to convert you. We're just here to say, hey, what do you reckon about that? And wouldn't it be a better world if everyone everyone starts to reconnect with their spiritual side with this with this part of life with this with the dreaming wouldn't it I think it would be uh, a much more caring, loving, uh, compassionate place if we all did that. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. So it's for and a good you know, Oh, You're going to get me going now, Sarah, because <laughs> <laughs> I, I believe um, over the last, oh, it's been happening for a while, but really intense over the last few years, people are waking up, what they call wake up. They're understanding this stuff. It's just about understanding. I've always said there's nothing... There's nothing like hidden or anything. It's just what we don't understand yet. So um, everyone's starting to understand how things work now. They're learning about energy. They're learning that we can heal, that the trees and that have their own spirit and their own life force, and we can connect to that. We're all learning this now, um, and it's part of the way that we're walking as a, as a world together. This is what our spirits want in the core of every human being that I've met. They want love and peace and harmony and just want to get on with everyone else and make a beautiful world. It's happening. We're struggling and fighting another force, but it's happening individually. Each person lights up and that's what it's about. So that's why, like I said, me and Donnie have popped our heads up and gone, we're going to take a chance and uh, start giving some information out. Oh, go you. That, it just, that just made my heart feel so happy hearing that. <laughs> a lot of the time it's nothing that, like, it's my... You might only hear us say it for the first time, but there's always something inside you that goes, bang, I knew that was true, that rings true, that's what I felt. Yes. And, but, and then you can tick it off as a confirmation. Yeah. Yeah, yeah absolutely. I think that's uh, whatever resonates for you, exactly as you said, suddenly I might hear something and, and I suddenly go, oh, of course. 
that's it. <laughs> yeah, that makes it totally makes sense. Yeah, yeah. yeah light bulb moment. Light bulb Absolutely, moment. light bulb yes. moment. Yeah. And and I reckon if we can get our act together, and then a lot of us can reach this vibration, I believe that the hairy nation parts of them will come forth and join with us because we're ready. But it'll mean it mean like you can't have your toothpaste in your plastic bottle. Plastic <laughs> tube. It doesn't. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. You, you can't. There's some things you can't have because they don't match. And this is what I think we're all learning in in this world today: is that hang on a minute, this isn't important. I know what's important now. It's, it's yeah. not those things that they've led us to believe. This. And, so, yeah, I look forward. I hope I live long enough to see. Yeah, yeah I hope to see the light, big change come too. Yeah, yeah me reunion, too. The reunion, I would like to say, us and Nathan's yeah. reunion. Yeah. Well, there'd be yeah, Rick. A, re- a reason why all three of us chose to be incarnated at this time and this place, right? Yeah. Yeah, all of us, everyone listening, we're all here for real. I feel like getting them one... My friend Megaphone Man, <laughs> it's okay, everybody. Yeah. We're all here. We always planned this way. Just sit tight. <laughs> That's right. Held on. <laughs> Absolutely. You're, you're so right. Yeah. Not just us three, but everyone who's listening, every single person who's alive at the moment has this potential to, to reconnect and is what chose to be incarnated at this very time and in, in what is an incredible upheaval. Uh, a credible time of upheaval uh, and hopefully the upheaval before a, a beautiful a beautiful step up for for the human race and for all the other beings who are sharing this planet they're waiting for us like they're like hang on we've been inhibited though we know that but they're waiting for us yeah. to get to that level um trouble was we were at that level at one stage, and then we lost it. Now we've got to get it back again. Do you mean so, so back back from? Because I have heard that we had those abilities, you know, back when Atlantis existed. Yes, Atlantis. Um, I would say yeah. we get to a point where we have a choice: Are you going to choose technology like the computer I'm staring at right now, or natural technology? like talking to the hairy men with my mind. <laughs> yes. Yes. And that, yes. that that would take quite some unlearning, wouldn't it, for, for our technology-dependent societies? Yeah, very much. Yeah. But if I said to you, the future depends on you, this is for everyone listening, the future depends on you. Mate, creator made you special. You can reach a vibration that will change things. When you reach this vibration, everyone like you will be there as well. And all together, you can raise the whole vibration of the whole realm. Well, I just got goosebumps listening to that. But that's how simple it is. Yeah. Yeah. Me and and Brother Donnie were talking about the weather that we've been having, how there's a lot of water. Mm. And we're kind of saying um, that there were... A lot of people doing ceremony for this water, and I said to him that the fact that we all got told at the same time 
means that it was meant to happen. And I believe the same without reaching that vibration and raising your light, that the same thing will happen. We're all going to reach maximum at the same time. Do you think it's going to happen in the next, you know, couple of years or are we talking a couple of decades? Oh, well, that's what I said before. I just hope I'm still alive to see it happen. Yeah, yeah. I think Take one day at a time there. Yeah. I think a lot of us yeah. wouldn't be here. This is where some of us are to contribute to it and some of us will actually witness it. Depends how long you've been around, I suppose. Yeah. And what and what your what your job is in this yeah, lifetime? I was exactly going to say that. What your job is? We we all know individually we have different to do. Yeah, and that's what we're supposed to do. Not worry about what's going on in the world. But that's right. Is what is your job and do it and do it to them. Be happy and do it because then you know you're that little um, hair sticking out of the mother, vibrating and singing at the right tune. That's what we need to do. That's you right. do yours, I do mine. Brother Donnie does his. We're all doing it, and that's how it should be. Get distracted and bring fear and worry and stress into it. We're not singing at the right anymore. Yeah. That's right. Um, reason why we believe, believe there's more than just one mob around, as you would say there, Sarah. You know, when I was telling you about the Hawks River Monster? Oh, yes, yes. Yeah. Well, there's a good example. Now, our old fellas used to, when they seen something, they used to carve it on a rock or paint it. Because the creature I seen was the same carving on a rock down there near uh, Luna got the photo of it. Yeah, I sent it to Sarah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like a, a Loch Ness monster kind of shape. Yeah. I wanted to tell you that story, Sarah, because it, it's kind of backwards. So I didn't know that it existed and I didn't know that those carvings are up the river there because it's not far away from where I live, this place. So I've been going there a lot, long time in my life, Lilalu, and I swam in there lots. But this particular day, um, we come down off the mountain. I spent the night up on top of the mountain and we saw things, a big light and looking at us while we were sitting on top of the mountain on the veranda that night and we knew the visitors were around. And the next day it was really hot, so we headed down the mountain to the river. So me, my friend and her dog jumped in the river. It was a hot day, couldn't ask for anything else. It's heaven, right? Perfect life. And then I'm in the river swimming around and all of a sudden I've got this dread thinking, oh, kind of dread you get on the on land if you're in the wrong place, but I'm in water. What the hell on? I've been here a hundred times. There's nothing around here. I'm not, there's no sharks. There's nothing going to eat me. Why do I feel dread? And all I could hear while I was feeling this was get out the water, get out the water, get out the water, get out the water. I'm thinking, okay, I'm out. So I get up, I get out the water. I said to my friend, just get out the water now. She goes, why? I said, just get out the water. Um, she's she's swimming around going, but why? It's beautiful. Had no, it was totally oblivious to what I was feeling. Dog knew the dog got out the water. And we're standing there. I said, get out the water, sister. And um, I said, I don't know what's in that water, but there's something in there and it's big. And I I can't understand what I'm feeling. Anyway, time goes by and brother Donnie goes, have you seen that carving? What carving? It's not far from you where you live. And then I seen it and went, oh my. That's what I was feeling. It was in the water that day. 
Um, pity the old people can't see the picture, but um, it was very, very big. All I knew, whatever was in the water was very large and, it, and I was in danger. I but can, I couldn't figure out what it was because it was a river, not a nation. I can share and, that um, picture. When I share a link to the show in on Facebook, on the Yowie Central Facebook group, I can sh- I can in the comments underneath it, I can post those photos. Oh, yeah, that would be good because yeah. then they'll get an idea what I'm talking yeah. about. Because yeah. on the other side of the river there were people in boats and that swimming. And I knew whatever was in the water was not near them, it was near me because so it's a pretty wide river, right? Yeah. And I knew it was near me on my side of the river and that they were okay and I wasn't. That's all I knew Again, until, until I knew. And then I found out what it was and I'm like, oh, I'm glad I got out of the water. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've had two people report to me water monsters in the Hawkesbury River. Um, yeah. And one actually saw the kind of the a big arching neck, uh, and the other person saw a huge shape that was bigger than his boat kind of come past him. Do you think those beings are like the hairy people in that they have abilities to uh, become invisible and to not necessarily be seen, or, or are they a different kind of... Being. I'd say they're. I'd say they're different. They they're just you no. Know, they've got good survival skills. Just kind of like yeah, like an like an ordinary animal as opposed to. Uh, well, I've got a different opinion on that one there, Sarah. How would you put it? Like, you know, ever heard of people saying time shift? Yeah. Well, they might be in a different time zone, but every now and then, because. Time is not a straight line. Don't get, don't believe in that because it's not a straight line. It waves and carries on, and things like that, and sometimes it crosses over itself. Yes. Yeah, I've had that happen to me. Yes, and uh, them creatures might be from the past, but they're still living. You understand what I mean? Yeah, 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 yep. Yeah. And they can. Sometimes they could get caught in that time slip because, you know, the people over the world, oh, I've seen a pterodactyl or I've seen a buddy, a dinosaur. But what it is is a time slip. They come from a different time and they slip back into that time again. Right. Well, That's I can say the time slip thing is true because I had an experience there. I went up the mountains, was at the top of the mountain, and I was waiting for a taxi, and across the road was a really, really old, uh, it was a coffee shop now, I don't know what it used to be in the old days. And I'm standing there, all of a sudden I looked at my shoes, and they were different, they were from the 1920s, and I'm like, what? And then I looked across the road, and the shop had changed, and there was a car coming from my left, and, and as it came from the left into the view straight where the shop was, I had felt like the time slip thing was had something to do was between me and the shop as the car came in front of me it changed from a new from a day a car from today to an old car and then as it went past it went back into an, an, a new car and I'm standing there and the people in the coffee shop um, all, all their clothes had changed and it was like a coffee shop but they were eating food and everyone had different clothes and everything I could hear and smell. 
it was like I was really there and I'm waiting for my taxi and I'm thinking, when is this going to be over? And it went for nearly a whole minute and I started panicking because I thought I wasn't going to change back to reality and I was going to be stuck in this time slip in the twenties, and I'm freaking out and then all of a sudden it stopped and I went to my destination and when I got there, the, the nieces are going, aren't. You look like you've seen a ghost. And <laughs> sister goes, nah, if it was a ghost, she'd be all right at something else. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. So that might that must have been quite scary, especially if lasting for that long. I don't blame you yeah, for panicking. I'd, I'd had it before, but it was only it didn't last long. Right? It was easy. I call it the elastic band effect because it feels like I'm being pulled into another time and then bang, I'll go back to now. And it, And it never lasted that long and... Yeah, I really thought I was going to be stuck there. That's what right, it felt like. Right. So what Uncle Donnie said could possibly, I'd verify yeah. that there is a possibility. That's yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, Uncle Donnie, I yeah. like to think that they're still, like they're actually still existing and we haven't lost them. That's what I like to think. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's like that yarn I was telling you there the other day there, Sarah, about that T-model Ford I seen up in the cutting there. Yeah, yes, yes. Do you want to tell it could that? Could have been a car, or it could have been uh, like a time slip. But I still remember it to this day because it was about eleven o'clock at night, and I was going up that mountain, yeah, up through the cutting with my old buddy, and uh, I seen these old headlights come down. And when it was hitting, the headlights were hitting the bank of the cutting. It was sort of flashing back onto the car, and it looked like an old T-model Ford. It had them old carbide lights on it. And anyway, because the road was really, real narrow gutted, the old road back then, they opened it up a fair bit now. But I said, oh, thought to myself, I'll pull over to this old fella because he's coming down in this old car. And uh, I waited there a minute. He went down beyond this bank, um, cutting there. And I what's going on with you? He hasn't come to me. So I got the old valley, looked around to see if he's been off the road or something like that, you know. It was a pretty steep cutting, that old cutting there. So I thought he might have went over the bank, but the, where the, what they call it, guardrails. Well, guardrails consisted of a couple of posts and a big thick wire going up through there. It wasn't broken or nothing, but it just disappeared. But I seen it coming down, I seen the headlights, I seen silhouette of the old car. But when I got there, there was no car, no old car. And that could have been a time slip or it could have been a ghost. See, the difference between a ghost and a time slip, to some people it might look like a ghost, but it, it could be a time slip. Yeah, right. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I imagine hairy people have access to all this. Is there times our spirituality don't know where all them doors? Yeah. Yeah, I would imagine. And I wonder how many of them. I wonder whether this today's technology actually is interfering with those natural technologies. That's why hearing more of a presence from these other beings. Maybe. Was there anything else that you'd like to share before we before we wrap it up? Glyphs. Oh yeah, glyphs. What can you tell us about the the glyphs that people find made of made of sticks and 
and tweaks? Some of the glyphs I've noticed, like, uh, a lot of people go and do the mistake, and, oh, they look at a glyph there and they start you know, measuring and carrying on and carrying on like that. No, you don't. Just you simply can. Like I was trying to tell a lady on Facebook there one time, and she said to me she was doing this and she was going through all the bloody lots of names around the world, trying to interpret this glyph in shape like an, a curled F with a piece of wood going coming off the side of it. So I asked her the question. I said, said to this lady, I said. Uh, do you have a camera? And she said, yes. And I said, when you walk up bush there, said, uh, do you wear a dress? And she said, yes. And I said, you got your hair in a, um, uh, like a ponytail? And I, she said, yes. And the shape of it was an F shape, and the bottom had curled down. That indicated the dress. And the where the F is was the, the arms and there was this little stick coming off and, with it, and it curled back over the, the rest of the this. They were saying there was a lady with a camera who wore a dress and had a, a beanie on. Yeah, not a beanie, but a ponytail. Uh, yeah, yeah, right. Now, if you make it simple, you could uninterpret it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it almost sounds it almost sounds too simple and obvious, yeah. doesn't it? But it makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Well, there's yeah. also like now you were talking there earlier about the old X and the, um, you know, about um, special places. Yeah. Uh, you know, sometimes you come across these big X's in the scrub. The old hairy men are done. Now. That could be interpreted two ways. One way is that it's um, uh, what they call it a challenge for another um, young male. You oh. come on my territory, we're going to get into it. Right, okay. That's a challenge. And it also could mean that that's a spiritual spot. Don't go any further. You understand what I mean? Yep, yep. Now, if you see them when they bow over a tree and like a bow, uh, there was one there. The boys came across there where they wrapped palm leaves in it, and so they get the bow right. Yeah, yeah. They tied two yeah. two slim palm trees together to form a big sort of archway, and yeah, like a bow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. And that's really common. People yeah. find that bow-like structure. Quite a lot. Yeah, now this that bow means if there's a green tree in front of it, little green tree in front of it, yeah, uh, that means sunrise. Again, if it's um, if there's a dead limb lying on the other side of it, it's sunset. So would that be yeah? So would that be used to say? When not when to move and not to move. Ah, got you, got you. Yeah, now, I'm still trying to interpret why they use triangle all the time, unless they see it 
everything in that type of triangular shape. We don't know yet. But um, there's a few others. This North American um, First Nation people do this a fair bit too. It's when the tree, they get the tree and they shape it into a, like a lazy air, a Z. Yeah. A Z, we want to you like that. Yep. That's to, um, it's to travel through. And I've come across that quite a few times up around here where they bent the tree so it looked like a, a lazy Z. That means to travel through. And that would be a message like what, in what kind of context? So to one of their to one of their Oh that is their... Like, it's like a safe way to go through or uh-huh. a, pointing to a certain direction where you have to go. Yep. But if people just Make it simple, they'll understand the glyphs. They're generally one one hairy person talking to another hairy person with the glyphs. They're not really talking to us, are they? No, no, not really talking to us. Yeah. They will need glyphs on the ground like Boya, but uh, you need to interpret them a bit better than some people do because they go you know, scientific about it. It's not, don't need to be scientific about it. You've got to think of, um, how would you put it? If, uh, like, if you told a five-year-old child, draw, draw me with a hat on, he would have put a stick figure there with arms out and he put a triangle on top of the hat, head. <laughs> yep. That's, that's the simplest way of saying, well, that's a man with a hat. That's what I've been trying to explain to people. Don't make it uh, difficult for yourself. Make it as simple as possible you can. Dad, brother, can I tell them the story? When I came down to visit you recently, we went to that place with the 500-year-old tree and we saw the... Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. <laughs> and then when I when you showed me, I walked up and I recognised what was going on. Can I tell them that story? Yeah, go on, yeah, go on, sis. Okay, so recently I got to go and stay with Donnie for got out to walk on country. Now, rocks around the tree, great big giant boulders, and they were there obviously before the tree because the way the tree grew up in the middle of them, it's a perfect sleeping place, especially if you're swimming. <laughs> anyway, these rocks literally vibrate. I went down and put my hand on them. You can feel the vibration coming off the yeah, right. And I'm thinking, wow, this is amazing. Um, looking around, this is so virtually we got there. When me and Donnie work together, I go one way, he goes the other. We go and find stuff, then we come back together and uh, tell each other what we found and then go in whatever direction next. So he's in one, he's gone the opposite way. I've gone towards the tree. I went round, they said go around the other side. So I went for a bit of a walk and I found these like, big dig holes around and looked like. Um, a, a hand way bigger than mine had just gone down and pulled a big heap of dirt out of the ground to grab something in there. That I went, okay. Didn't think much of it. Looked around, saw a couple of drill holes and thought, gee, that's funny. <laughs> we never had drills. Um, proceeded to walk back to Donnie. Now, Donnie had gone the other direction. And in the other direction is um, a valley and two... Uh, 
mountain peaks. And his ancestor says to quickly and you know, runs up there. And sure enough, here it was on the ground and it's pointing towards the valley and these two mountain peaks. And I looked at him and I went, it's going this way, Donnie. Because I haven't been here before. Donnie has, I haven't. This is the first time I've been. So I runs up to the area they're pointing to, realises there's a valley on your left and directly in front of you at these two peaks. Now, I knew these two mountains were spiritual places. And I looked at Donnie and when I did, I realised that they knew we were coming. That message was for us. They wanted us to find the tree. They wanted us to find the, the way they walked to go to these spiritual mountains and the way they come up the valley to get to where we were standing. Oh, right. And I looked at it. It was so beautiful, like, best time ever. And I'm just standing there with Donnie, um, our friend, Lisa. But me, it was a me and Donnie thing there. Yeah. Yeah, the blitz was shaped like a uh, like a uh, lizard or go in it. was more like a lizard, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah made of rocks. And I'm a go in a woman. So it was like they knew me and Donnie. They knew I'd gone there to see Donnie. Mm -hmm. They knew that we were going there that day. They I can see Donnie come and look at these dig holes. I said they're a big hand. Look. And it's soft dirt too, so I figured they were looking for something underground because some of our native foods. Um, yeah. yeah. And I, I wanted to sleep there, man. I so wanted to sleep at that place. That that message was there for you. Yes. Yeah. yeah. That's right. Really... They, they wanted us to know what, what that place was. They, they pointed it in the direction for us to know that that's the way it's travelled. Because we knew the tree was there. That's when you yeah. to the place, the tree's right there. But to walk up and around to see the mountains and the valley. And they'd been there, obviously. <laughs> they'd been there before, just before us, as the sun was coming up, probably. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and, and I want to add to you, while I was staying there, a, a mist come in. Um, and Uncle Donnie mentioned a mist earlier. Uh, mists are very magical. Yes. And I knew I was staying out in a, a camper van outside on Uncle Donnie's property. And I got out at the night. I um, was looking at the mist and then I quickly got back in because <laughs> they were checking us out. I said to Donnie, hey, we've been checked out real big time here because wherever where we went, they knew we were there and they'd come in with the mist and other things also came in with the mist. And we want to tell you too that sometimes it's not always the hairy men. There are other things out there that are just as gifted as the hairy men and just as spiritual and... Um, the other beings come to you as well. And they all work together, by the way. They know each other. So the night in the mist, it wasn't just the hairy man. There was other beings there. Yes. Uncle Donnie's quite aware of what they were. Um, and they were there checking me out big time. And my friend got out and she ran back in and she's like, I've known you long enough to know animal. What is it? And I went, don't worry, darling, just checking it out. I said, just don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> they just come to check you out but everything's fine yeah, so i i i remembered you you mentioned that to me when we spoke a couple of weeks ago that there were so many more other beings out there than just the the hairy people and and i when i was uh this past weekend when i was up camping out with the australian yowie research team 
I had a moment, I was sitting in the dark next to a creek and uh, I just got a slight prickling sensation of, oh, I'm, I feel a little bit uneasy. And then you, you'd mentioned that to me, that it might not necessarily be the hairy people, but it could be any number of of other beings that are out there that are that are giving me that heebie-jeebie feeling. Yeah, they come to see who you were. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Remember earlier in the conversation how I said that how nature loves spiritual people going out there and shining? Yes. When you get a camper there, what you did, you went out there, you'll be in yourself, you'll shine, and, and they've gone, oh, look at her. <laughs> <laughs> I hope I, I hope I passed their approval. Well, I must have because nothing bad happened after that. So, <laughs> yeah, it was all good. Yeah, well, it was that, all... that's a, a good indication though of where you're at, like vibration and you know stuff. Yeah, that's how you can check people if you're having experiences and they're beautiful. It's all loving and it enhances you. You're on, you're on the right track. Yeah, and yeah. healing. Often, you know, that, that that beauty that you bring home, you have them experiences, leaks out into the people in your home and your friends and your family, and it's a healing thing. It's high vibration. I love that. I love that thought. Well, Uncle Donnie and Auntie Luna, I we, we should probably wrap it up now, but I, I just wanted to say I'm so grateful from the bottom of my heart. Thank you so much for your time and your and for sharing your knowledge and your wisdom with me and with the Yowie Central listeners. Um, I, I hope you come back again one day when you've got more more things to share with us. Uh, we'll have plenty more there, this. Fantastic. <laughs> awesome. I, I, I'd love to have you back on at some stage when you're ready. Thank you for uh, listening and understanding. (laughs) (laughs) My pleasure. Well, I'm hoping that now in um, wisdom it actually might help out a few people there on your channel there, eh? Yes. Yeah, I I think it will. Um, I can think of even particular people who will get a lot out of this this conversation it will mean a lot to them uh, so and that's that's only the a few that I know personally but I'm sure there are many others out there who will take away lots of beautiful messages from from this talk yeah well, that's good and that was uncle donny and auntie luna Thank you so much, Uncle Donnie and Auntie Luna, for sharing your knowledge and stories. I know you're listening, so I just wanted to send you a very special thank you. Don't forget to check out Auntie Luna's show, G'day, G'day, It's Saturday, on YouTube. And I will also post the pics of the water monster that, sh- that Auntie Luna was talking about in the comments under the link that I post for this show in the Yowie Central Facebook group. Remember, if you've seen a Yowie or experienced something strange and mysterious, I would love to talk to you and the Yowie Central listeners I know would love to hear your story. So get in touch with me via yowiecentral at gmail.com or via the Yowie Central Facebook group or via Facebook Messenger. You can also get me via Twitter and Instagram Um, but I don't look at those quite as often, so I might take a little bit longer to get back to you, but I will eventually see it. 
Well, that's all I've got for you today, my friends. Yowie Central will be back next Wednesday. So I'll catch you then. And don't forget to tune in to the Believe podcast live call-in show this Friday, October the 7th, to catch AYR's Dean Harrison and me. Catch you next week. Stay safe. Dark. Something's lurking at the edge of the park. People be warned, people beware. There's a storm on the rise and it's covered in hair. Hear him cry, hear him howl. Looking for someone to disembowel. Claws like a hook, eyes like coal. Feet so big they're gonna crush your soul. They call him Sasquatch. It won't be worth a dime when you're sucking the blood right out of your spine. It's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.